Okay, good morning, gentlemen. Welcome back. Kicking off a Bez Hashem Yisbarach. It should be a beautiful, wonderful week of good tidings, good cheer, and siyata de shemayu, lots of shefa and muchness and brachas. We continue. Well, yeah, I guess we do continue. This is going to be the second half of uh, the first half, which we had two weeks ago. We had two weeks ago, and for Parsha Shemais, we had a breakfast and learn program on Shnai Mikra, and we did say at the end that maybe we'll do a second half to to um, complement the first half, supplement the first half. We had last week a special edition of the Breakfast and Learn program for the Hanukkah Tzvillin of Yehuda Brill. So uh, I think this week we will get back to what we had two weeks ago, and we'll we'll uh, finish off Shnai Mikra. If I remember, last week we had a whole exploration um, into the world of Shnai Mikra Echad Targum. We had two major opinions, had to understand the principle behind Shnai Mikro, what the site of Shnai Mikro is, and a lot, a lot of Nachmina's. And what we didn't really have time to get into is the, the, the practicalities, the ins and outs, like the, the um, you know, the Vigetas, how exactly is a Yid Mikhaim practically, how, how do you fulfill the bits of Shnai Mikro, how do you do it? So there's a few different discussions over here. The first one is going to be the transitional discussion, which kind of connects us to last time and brings us forward to this time by um, still, I think, bringing up some elements that came into the discussion two weeks ago. And that is like this. Uh, before we get into the specifics of how you do Shnai Mikro, the, the, the first question that we should ask is, how do you do Shnai Mikro when you start to fall behind? When you start to fall behind. Now, that happens once in a while, even to the best of us. Even to the best of us. And we saw, last week, we saw... The Gemara and Brachas that mentioned that um, uh, Rabbi Baruchuna was it that he Ervium Kipper he was mashlim all the parshish Shnai Mikra. We mentioned the Mafarshim over there. Mafarsh that says that you know it wasn't the called Harakula. It was eight parshish, eight or so parshish that he did Ervium Kipper. Um, he did in the beginning of the year, the end of the year. Then they told him, no, you got to do it week by week. Okay, but. But there's such a music of like making things up at the last minute, and then we find ourselves getting into this this uh, this this pickle of a situation. We have the, this mounting debt, right? It's scary mounting debt. Sometimes, you know, that brings out a pathological uh, reaction in us that 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 we just to try to ignore it. Maybe it'll go away, right? So everyone knows it never works, right? <laughs> Ignoring debt never <laughs> works once a year. Right, right. Well, yeah, yeah. I guess okay. So it never really works. It, it, it just it does. It, it gets it gets bigger. And when it comes to Shnai Mikra, that also the parsha stack up, stack up. Amir does point out. If you wait till Simchas Torah, then okay, then the Eibushter is doch is doch uh, merciful. Hakadosh Baruch is merciful, and he does you know allow us to declare bankruptcy. When <laughs> <laughs> we pass Vezayis uh, Habracha. And start all over again. It's not the right way to go. Maybe it's not the best way to do things. But yeah, there, there is that 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 uh, you know that, that that you know emergency uh, emergency clause over there. But um, but let's just discuss that. Let's discuss that. Let's say let's make it more tackleable. Um, someone managed to finish Bereshis properly. Say for Bereshis comes into Shmois and boom, he missed Shmois and now it's Parshas boy. And He's behind the parsha. He's behind the parsha. He comes into boy, needing to do boy and shemais. So what does he do? What order should he do it in? What order does he does he does, does he does shemais and boy? Does he do it? The two two basic ways of looking at it. 
Does he do it in, in the chronological, the linear order, the order that he's that he that he owes? Does he do it? In, so he makes his payments in the order that they're due, or does he does he start immediately with with the current parsha and then go back and try to make up the missing ones? And the same shot would be relevant again if he's behind three, four, five, six parshias. Does he is he constantly expect to go back to the first one and go in order of what he's behind make up in terms of in, in order? Does he have to go in order, or does he can can he start with what what the current parsha is? So the um, the there's a Marsham, which uh, Talmud of the the Chassam Soifer, who discusses this question. His psak is that you start with whatever is currently on the table. That week's parsha, you do that week's parsha first, and then you go back and make up the outstanding parshias. But you start with that week's parsha first. But he does bring down, without naming who they are, he brings down that there are those who disagree with him and say that no, you got to go in order. And 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 no matter how many parshias are stacking up in there. It could buy, be behind an entire safer, an entire safer vayikra, and now it's, it's they're they're getting ready for parshas bamid. But you have to go back to the vayikra and go straight from vayikra to shmini, etc. So he does bring down. He acknowledges that there's those who disagree with him, but he says his psak is to go with the current parsha. What would this machlokes be dependent on? Here's where we can um, reconnect to what we had two weeks ago. Lachar would be very, 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 um, very nice. Um, way of approaching this debate of do you go in order always no matter how much and how far you fall behind you have to go in order or do you start with that week's parsha it would be dependent on the two opinions that we had two weeks ago as to what the rationale of Shnai Mikra is altogether why did Chazal institute Shnai Mikra again we the Orch HaShulchan taught us that this is a Takana from Meish Rabbeinu Meish Rabbeinu instituted that, that the Tzivur should be doing Shnai Mikra so we saw two base Mahachim again we saw the Levush and we saw the base Yosef we saw the Beis Yosef that says the reason you do Pshnai Mikra is so that we're not bewildered and baffled when we come to Shul. We should be in the know. We should be we should we should be aware of what's going on in Shul. We shouldn't just be you know completely lost when they read the Torah on Shabbos. And the Lavush said no. The whole point of Pshnai Mikra is that every yid should be proficient, should be well versed, should be familiar with Hamishu Chumshei Torah. Want every Jew to have a familiarity with what with, with, with what is in the entire Chumash. And it's convenient to work a cycle of personal personal um, learning through in conjunction and tandem with, with the, the Tzibur cycle. But really it's about my knowledge, not about the um, the uh, being aware of what's going on. So we said a number of Nafkimis two weeks ago. Right? One Nafkimis would be if some person lives in a place where there's no minion. There isn't going to be any minion around, right? There's no, he's not here, he's not going to Shulan Shabbat. He's not going to be hearing um, Kriya Satayra. Another Nafkimis, we said many, many, many Nafkimis last time. Talk about Nafkimis of someone who um, who uh, already heard that week's parsha? He came from Aristotle to America. Where and when when they're a week off, well, a whole bunch of nafkamim he said last time. Um, and lachera, another nafkamim would be this debate between the Marsham and, and the Yesh Cholkim that he brings down as to how do you make things up if you're if you're more than one week behind. Now, I know if you say that that primarily the chiv of Shnai Mikra is to be in the know when the Tzibur lanes on Shabbos, I should be familiar with what they're talking about. I shouldn't come and shall be lost. So if, if I fall two, three, four parshas behind, my first obligation is what? This week's parsha. You have so to be... Second? What? What's your second? What's your second obligation going to be? If you're... Three parshas behind. Okay, that's a good question. Okay, David Aaron's asking a question, but let's take this one step at a time. But if you say that the primary obligation of Shnai Mikra is to be 
holding with the tzibur, to be familiar with what they're saying in shul. So even if I'm numerous parashas behind, I have to do this week's parasha first because the primary chiv of Shnai Mikra is to make sure I'm in tandem with the tzibur. So I can't go back to, to the, the, you know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago at the risk of not holding together with the tzibur, the Shabbos. you got to do that one first. One may ask, this is not exactly what Devon Arn asked just now, but one may ask a, a, a question over here. Lamaisa, we sort of, this is what I'm speaking out now, sort of contradicts what we spoke at two weeks ago. So I, I, I suggest an afternoon two weeks ago. I know that we had like eight or nine afternoons two weeks ago between these two approaches, right? Who kept track of them? I think there were like eight or nine nafkaminas we had. We made them into three categories of nafkaminas. Um, what? Was it eight? Maybe, I'm not sure. So um, anyway, one nafkamina we wanted to make was, is there an obligation to make up the parasha altogether? You have to, is there a concept of making up a parasha once you're more than one parasha behind? So for an estate with the seabird, the seabird's already ahead. Oh, very good. So Madchus writes, so we, as, as we mentioned last week, two weeks ago, we wanted to say that it's dubious if you should have an obligation to make it up altogether if you fall, fall um, more than one, if you fall more than a week behind, um, if the whole point of Shana Mikra is to be holding with the seabird on Shabbos, so here you blew it. You blew it. It's too late. You know, good luck next year. Better luck next year, right? If you say it's a personal obligation that I should become proficient, well-versed, and Chamisha Chamisha Torah with it without the Tzibur, why do you have to make them up? But if it's about holding with the Tzibur, you shouldn't have to make it up altogether. So to say that this is going to be another Nav Kamino is does uh, um, require us, you know, re-examining that. We'd have to say like this that there is room to say, you know, we didn't get into such detailed discussions last time. There's room to say that even if the, we'll say like the base Yosef. That the Iker Chiv of Shnai Mikra is for me to be holding with the Tzibor, familiar with the Tzibor. That's the rationale. At the end of the day, but could be Chazal, so as a result, Chazal just made a Chiv that you have to go through every year. You have to go through all the parashiyas, even though this is why we want you to do it. But once it's a Chiv, it's a Chiv. And, 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 and even if you ended up not getting the intended objective of, uh, of, of why we did it, but you still have a chiv nevertheless. And there's many plays in halacha like that. We're all familiar with that. There's the rationale, the objective behind the mitzvah, and then there's the parameters of the mitzvah. And sometimes the parameters don't exactly overlap 100% with the objective. There's, you know, we don't need to bring examples. Many, 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 uh, you know, Chazal want us, there's the, okay, we'll just yank one example out of the head. Chazal have a certain, you know, rabbinic fast days over the course of the year. What's the point of the fast? of the 10th of Teves, what's the point of the fast of the 17th of Tammuz? So, to be in mourning, to remember the Churban Beis HaMikdash, to take life a little seriously, to do tshuva, right? What are the parameters of my obligation? What am I obligated to do on the fast? Don't eat and don't drink, right? Now, theoretically, if a person doesn't eat and doesn't drink, but he, he plays hockey all day long, goes to the bowling alley, he, he, goes, he, goes, he goes scuba diving, if he has enough stamina, he goes uh, to, the, at, to the amusement park, he didn't break the tainus, right? We didn't exactly fulfill Chazal intended with this fast day, right? And exactly get the objective. Didn't get what Chazal wanted from missed this. He kind of missed the boat. That's right. <coughs> That's right. So there's a kahin of a kahin of rabbis. We know, we know already how halacha works like that. That there's the rationale behind the, the mitzvah, and then there's the, the parameters of the mitzvah, and, and, and you can sometimes, quote unquote, beat the system. But, uh, you know. You, generally, you're not going to get the last laugh. You figure out how to exploit things and beat the system that doesn't usually end up yeah, working in your favor. That's right, that's right. So, Lamaisa with Shnai Mikra, even if we're going to say, like the base Yosef, that the point of Shnai Mikra is to be holding with the Tzibur, to be familiar with what's going on, it, it's very possible that that um, that once it's a chiv, it's a chiv, and, and, and I would have to make up a parasha. It, it's, it's conceivable. 
and but even if um, go with it, that it's conceivable that you have to make it up. Lamaisa, it, it certainly stands to reason. That's where the Marsham is coming from. That uh, if you're multiple parshias behind, if you're multiple parshias behind, now you got to you got to um, do this week's parsha first, and then you can you know to try to still do the ikr, the primary obligation of Shemikro, which is to be. Um, aware of what's going on, familiar with what's going on, and then you um, you uh, go back into previous parshias. Um, so at that point, at that point, so now that he will address David Aaron's question. David Aaron wants to know. So if you go with this Marsham, the, the first and foremost, your first chiv is to do the current parsha. The current parsha always comes first, and then you deal with the outstanding. That's first the current parsha. So. Um, at that point, after I deal with my current, the, the, the weekly, the weekly parsha, I have another two or three parshas to make up. Is there a particular order that you have to do the other ones in? So according to the Marsham, if, if you say that it's all about um, being together with Zibor, but once they, they made an obligation, they made an obligation, there shouldn't really be any particular order that you have to do the other ones in. You really should be able to do them... Um, you can in backwards order of the parshias and forwards order of the parshias really should come out like that. That that um, that that uh, the, the outstanding parshias that you're behind on should be able to be done in any order. However, we we have to remind ourselves that there is an opinion that disagrees with Marasham that says that everything always has to be done in order, and that would go nicely with the other approach of the lavush. The point of Shnai Mikra is for a yid to be proficient in the Torah. We want you to be proficient in the Torah and in the, the, the Seder ha, 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 Mikra. Not, you know, the, the, the order that the Torah is written in. The Torah is Ein Muktam Amu'ukar, but meaning there's no chronological order, but there is a Seder in the Torah. There's a, the Vaishnav put the parashas together in a certain order. If you write a Sefer Torah out of order, the Sefer Torah is possible. Right? If, if, you, if, you, if you mix around the parashas and the Sefer Torah, the Sefer Torah is possible. So it's certainly a, a, a system that that the Rebbeinshim put the Torah together in. So if you go with the other opinion, the dissenting opinion, um, that you always have to go in order of the parashiyas to, to fulfill Shnai Mikri, even when you, you fall behind, you don't start with the current parsha first, you go back to wherever you, you last left off. So here we would say, if one's going to go with the Marasham and still first start off with the current parsha, take care of the current parsha first, then go back so you would want to... Um, you would want to... Uh, accommodate the other opinions and do all the other outstanding parshas in order. Everybody got that? Now, I highly recommend, I, just, I'm speaking from personal experience now, if you start falling behind, you definitely want to go with the Marsham. Because, in other words, go with the Marsham that you do with the current parsha first. Go do the current parsha first, because that way, it's, it's sort of like, you know, psychologically kind of cutting your losses a little bit. Um, it makes things easier to deal with, less intimidating. And... And there's less of a danger of you coming into, you know, Zeis needing to rely on Mayor David's, you know, exit strategy over here, right? There's less of a danger of you needing to rely on just in case of emergency, wait long, wait, wait, just wait enough time, and then you get a, a second chance. There, 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 there's, it's easier, it's less intimidating, less overwhelming when I can just focus right now this week on this week's fire show. Always could I to go that way. Um, because the other ways, if you say no, you have to do them in order. Like, and, and it's halfway through Shemais. We're already by Truma, Titzaveh, and beyond, and points beyond. That look, I, I, I haven't even done Shemais yet. I haven't done anything from Shemais, and I look Truma it just gets added to the list, and Titzaveh gets added to the list. If you're adding things to a list which is getting longer and longer and longer, again, then you're not going to do anything. 
you're not going to do anything, and you're not even going to do that week's parsha. But whereas if you say, well, I don't have to go back now to Shemais and do the whole list, including this week's parsha. Let me just focus on this week's parsha. So then you are again, you are limiting your outstanding chayvus over here, making it a little bit more manageable, and um, and, um, and 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 to use the term loosely, cutting your losses. But but everyone, I don't mean that. I mean that loosely, cutting your losses. Um, making it easier to like in the moment. To, in the moment, yes, make it more manageable. Yes. Why is that cutting your losses? It's almost like you're saying. As opposed to increasing your losses. No, it's not. Awesome. That is just awesome. like when you're. Cutting by, your let losses. me explain what I mean by cutting your losses. Maybe then, then the no, only. No, I understand you because I was actually thinking the same so thing. So instead of so I come to this part, this week's parsha four parsha behind. So now if I think I have to if, if not think if I go like the opinion that you have to go in order, so I have to do four parshas now. Forget, I can't do it. And so then next week, it's going to be five parishes. Then it's going to be six. And then it's going to be seven. Then it's going to be eight. Whereas if I go with the Marasham, I'm limiting, I'm keeping it at four. I'm freezing it at four. Because one parish I could do. So if somehow I fell four parishes behind. But one parish I can do. I, I can do Bishalach. Bishalach's not so long, so I'll do Bishalach. So I'm freezing those far, four parishes that I'm behind on. And then, and, and then, and then uh, Yisra. Yisra is also pretty short. I can do Yisra. Let me do Yisra. And again, I'm limiting my debt to four parishes. That's what I mean by cutting your losses. And, and even if I never end up getting back to those four, but at least not becoming five, six, seven, eight, and it's not it's not mounting every single week. That's what I mean. That's I'm what I mean. missing something. You're calling it as debt. Why are you calling it as debt? Debt is an obligation. This is more of an asset. You're actually learning and, 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 and doing what you're oh, supposed to do. Oh, you said all you should be like you. Stan, Stan, you said you're... Double hit, handshake flat. We need more yin that look at look at life like and you look at life. And if that's the case, then you do this <laughs> week's Parsha, and then you like catch up, you do one. So you do two at a week, two at a time. A yeah, I do. Listen, halavai everyone would look at it that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. I mean, Stan's really right. From the correct outlook on life is that Khalil of has to say... As any parshas are not debts, it's that's elam habit, it's nitzchias. You're right, you're right. No, but someone who's tried fulfilling this, you know, it, 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 it gets. Um, How you do know, you look at it though? He's really asking that question. It feels like a debt. It can feel like a debt because but then you have you, a lot you, you have to make based up. Based on that, <laughs> based on that opinion, then you could do this week's right, and out of the four, you could do one. Right. So you could do right. two a week. That's and right. And you can do you could do half of the one even. That's the strategy you're talking about. That's right. A payment plan. You work at a payment plan. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he's asking a more basic question of what, how should we look at it? Like, it's not, it's a mitzvah ase to do shaymikra. Mm-hmm. So is it like a, should we really look at it as a, as a debt if you if you miss a parsha, or is it? You owe those parshas. No, he's right. You really shouldn't be really looking at it as a debt. Do you really owe it, or is it like a mitzvah ase? You 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 have an opportunity to. To, uh, to talk away. Wow. So that's that's even 100%. Basic. He's exactly. right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. He's he's right. 100. Mrs. Ase, just like you know, leaving them on the on the doorstep. You're not even getting. Uh, he stands 100 right. That's the point. It's not. It's not a toy. Or it's an obligation. You have someone who ran. Who who's who's someone who comes into you know, someone who comes into the beginning of Devarim, not having done any Schneimaker that year, including Matis Masse. <laughs> right. So he has the right way of looking is you look at these opportunities that he has, right? But on the other hand, it just takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to Schneimikro. And it's it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. We're overwhelmed with mitzvahs, Bar Hashem. We're we're, we're we're overwhelmed by mitzvahs. Um Can you pay someone to do it for you? <laughs> uh, what's what how much are you offering? <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk we'll talk after Shear. Let's talk after Shear. Okay, okay. Right.
<laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah, so so in any case, that's it's an interesting machlaikas. Do you have to, when you get behind, do you, do you have to do them all in order? And you have to go back to the very, to the very first one that you're behind on. Only then you can go the straight and then catch up to this week. Or do you always do, the, 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 this week's comes first, always, and then you start making up. It's a machlaikas, again, uh, the Marasham Paskins, you make up this week's parsha first, which makes it, which goes very nicely with, with the base. As we've seen, we've kind of been jumping around back and forth. Um, and again, I highly recommend that should be the mentality, it should be the approach. You, even if you're behind numerous parshas, do this week's parsha first. I can do because that you can do, that's tackleable, that's manageable, and you're limiting what you're behind on. And, and like Stan's saying, make a payment plan, you'll get up, you'll get, as opposed to if you if you go with the Mahalik, you always have to go in order, then. You're really gonna get into a to a cycle over here that you can't get out of. It's it's just gonna be getting every week. You're gonna be adding another parsha to the list, and you're never gonna get out of there. Okay, um, a couple other things. So how how do you do shnayim mikras? The 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 the, um, the Gemara says chayv adam lahashlem parsha yosef imatzibar shnayim mikra ve'echa targum. Do each pasuk twice, and then you do the targum once. Two times the pasuk, and one time the targum. Which targum is the Gemara talking about? Targum Unclus. You do the Pasik twice and then with Unclus. Does it have to be Unclus? Or can it be another targum? Targum just means translation. And Unclus is, you know, the translation that's printed in most standard Chumashim. It could be any translation. Is there another one like Unclus? What? Is there another one like Unclus? That's, I know that's a subjective question. It depends how you, how you look at Unclus. Another one like Unclus. Like the Targum Yerison also on, on uh, Torah is also just not. It's on the Torah, yeah. It's on Chumash. No, by Targum, I, 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 I'm, I'm taking Targum literally. Targum as translation, not as you're thinking Targum in terms of Aramaic translation. Targum means translation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So does it have to be? Does it have to be um, Targum Unclus, or could it be any Targum? Art scroll or. The, stone, so they have topa, stone, stone. or prints in the topa, right? Rabbi Kaplan, right? The Jumash, yeah, that's right. So, um, so it's a big machlekes we shine them actually. It's a machlekes we shine them. Um, machlekes Russian Taisvis versus the, 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 the maybe even the Ga'inim. Um and it, it really it, it makes it into um, into Shulchan Aruch. The Beis Yosef brings in this machlekes. There's a rush that says the rush and Taisa say that um, that Rashi they recommend doing Rashi actually. Taisa recommends the Zayda. <laughs> Taisa says that if you do with Rashi, that's just like doing with the Targum. And it says if anything, Rashi is even better than Targum. Well, Why is Rashi better than Targum? Because Rashi Rashi, Rashi yeah, that's right. It reaches the <laughs> and brings down Midrashim, <laughs> brings down Chazals. And Targum usually just sticks to the the Pashupshad. and Rashi Rashi expands the Psukim. So this is Tysus. Tysus makes a pitch for the Zayda, and he says he says he says that uh, that uh, that um, Rashi's better. Um, there are other Rishonim that disagree and say no 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 the Targum <coughs> Targum is better than Rashi, and the the um, <laughs> yeah the the the, the um, Debate kind of centers around: Is it better to go with something that that um, I'm going to understand better, that expands the psukim more, or is it better to go with the 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 translation that's that goes that's 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 uh, closest to the source? Right. Targum was given by Harsinai. Targum was actually given 
directly from Akash Baruch to Moshe. The Aramaic was extant back then in Aramis. Yes, um, the, the, the Targum was a spoken language. Aramis was a spoken language back then. It makes sense. Lovin, Lovin spoke Targum, right? Yigar Sahadusa. So it was extant in the times of 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 uh, Harsinai. Targum. The Gemara says Targum was the translation into Aramaic was given over to Harsinai. There was a chalik of of Nesim It Was the Targumim? Expiration question. Expiration Ex- question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then, if, if it was given by Harsinai, then what did Targumiklus do? Like it was already happen? there. Like the, how does that work? What was it? What do you mean? What was, yeah, what was in Mechadish? Like, if it was given up by Sinai, then... There's a lot of places in the Torah where words are a little ambiguous. What does this mean? How do you understand? There's a lot of poetic psukim. Targum tells you exactly what's going on. Huh. In the language of the This people. is the correct translation. Which was given at Harsinai, you're saying? It was given at Harsinai, yes. So you wrote it down. You just put it into writing, that's it? Like, it was already... What did Uncle No, 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 you, it, was, it was given over about Pe. in the meantime, but... Uh, yeah, the Masurah... Did he write down Targum at Harsinai? I don't think so, no. And Uncle's had a Masurah... But it was given at Harsinai... The correct, the, the accurate translation into into Aramis was given at Harsinai, was by the divine. Yeah. It was the same way the rest of the Torah was given at Harsinai. So that's the mile of Targum. Is that it's 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 um it, it, it is the closest translation that we have to the the actual source. And this is, was given at Harsinai. Was given through divine origins. Targum Unclus was given. Uh, Unclus wrote it down, but the Targum itself, the authentic Targum, and Aramis was given in Harsinai. Yeah? Um, as opposed to the more accessible Rashi. So it's less accessible, but it's more pure as opposed to Rashi, which is that's more right. accessible. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Rashi, which is I, I, more steps removed. More steps removed. More steps removed. Um, so, this is really essentially the Machloikas over here. Is it better to go with, when we Shnai Mikvech Targum? How am I fulfilling the, my obligation better? Am I fulfilling it better? With the pairs that I understand the best, am I feeling it better with the most authentic translation, the one that was given at Har Sinai? Um, so Tysus and the Rush believe the 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 former. They say, though, the right way of fulfilling this Gemara is Targum, I, uh, the, the best way of me understanding it. Therefore, go with with um, Rashi. with Rashi. The Beis Yosef brings down the Machlekes. The Beis Yosef is hesitant to go with Tysus and the Rush. Therefore, the Beis Yosef and, and, and the Bira Lacha, the Mishnah kind of follows suit. There's a Bira Lacha which, which tries to understand if, if this is indeed the correct understanding of the Machlaika. So he kind of leaves things hanging. But the way the Beis Yosef understands it, the, the Mishnah doesn't dispute this at the end of the day, is that is the Machlaika. But the Beis Yosef himself um, doesn't want to go, is, is hesitant to go with. Tysis and with the rush is hesitant to say that yeah lichatchila just do two times what pasuk and, and Rashi and that's it zehu he's hesitant to do that he says he, the way he says it like this you should you should really try to fulfill both try to do targum and try to do Rashi that way you're getting the the the, the advantages of both right advantages of both you're getting targum because you're getting the authentic divine translation. And you're doing Rashi, you're getting an expanded translation, you're getting translations easier for us to understand. So try to do both. What if you can't do both? It's clear the Beis Yosef believes that Targum comes before Rashi. Targum comes before Rashi. If Yare Shemayim, he says in Shulchan Aruch, should try to do Targum and Rashi. But if you don't have enough time on your hands to do Targum and Rashi, you should do Targum before Rashi. That's the Beis Yosef's ruling. But now when it comes to Rashi, Rashi obviously doesn't mean Rashi. Rashi is just an example. Tyson and the Rush say you should do any translate. The best way of doing Shnaimirk is to take any translation, <laughs> any translation that that you understand and that gives you 
an approach to the Pesukim according to Chazal, how Chazal understand the Pesukim, and as a, right, an authentic understanding of the Pesukim based on the Chazal and the Midrashim. So that's not just Rashi, that would be any bona fide translation that, that went... Well, the Ramban, yeah, but it's, uh, if you're if you're a real Yari <laughs> Shemaim, <laughs> the Ramban also. But uh, now, as you say, in in um, in foreign in foreign languages, right? English, art scroll, art scroll generally tries to take a you know responsible approach when they translate. They're not doing the, you know, what's an irresponsible translation like the King James yeah. version, right? King James. <laughs> Did King James himself translate it? Is that why it's called the King James version? Or is he maybe he commissioned, he commissioned it? it. Probably he commissioned it. Yeah. So that that we can't rely on the King James translation to uh, capture the authenticity of, of the of the psukim, yeah. But Art Scroll Art Scroll does do a good job, and the, the before Art Scroll there was the Living Torah, Rabbi Kaplan, Rabbi Kaplan. But that was his whole Torah. He came before the Big Blue Art Scroll, right? And his whole objective was to give a, a translation that captures how Chazal look at all these psukim. That's why he called it the Living Torah. So that that is that is just as good as Rashi. I mean, once you're going that way, the Rashi way, like like the Russian Tesis, there's no real, you know, it's not like Rashi comes before Arskol comes before um, Ravaya Kaplan. What, any translation of the Torah that I understand best would actually come would would, would come first. So if I understand the Arskol better than Rashi, go with Arskol. If I understand the Living Torah better than Rashi, go with the Living Torah. If the Topa, right? What's the <laughs> the, whoever writes the, the translation the over there. Yeah. yeah. It looks like Tor. Or, or, um, Art Scroll does it. Art Scroll, yes, Art Mainly, actually, you know what? A lot of it's Chabad. A lot of it's But they're also, they're coming, the Chabad translation is also coming from, you know, Chazal. No, like, like the Russian translation? Yeah. Good question. A lot of it. Yeah. So, when it comes to Tor Shabbat if we don't, if you don't, the person doesn't understand what they're learning, they don't actually get um, scar. Oh, we're, the, we're going back together. Excellent, excellent. That, that's that's the. You hear where I'm going? With that? We're going the same place. Yeah, very good, very good, very good, very good. Um, okay, now. Um, um, <clears throat> so so this is this again. So the Mechaber recommends. The Mechaber says that that you really he's hesitant. He's cagey about you going with Rashi over Targum. He doesn't want to say bypass a Targum because it is again that is the divine. Is given from the, that, that was given at Harsinai, and that's the most authentic translation. But he says try to do both. Um, there is, as Yeshua Shmuel is correctly intuiting over here, another half to this whole discussion. That is, does one fulfill the mitzvah of Shnai Mikra by mumbling? By just mumbling? With mumbling, just like reading. And, right, just reading without understanding, like davening. Can you daven your way? <laughs> through Shnai Mikra. So, so that's right. So there's people who get very, very upset when you use Davenin as a, you know, analogy, metaphorically in that just sense. Say that way? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, Davening, that's what Davening is. Davening is just is mumbling, just reading words. Um, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes it becomes that way. But do you get the Mr. Shnai Mikra by just reading through the Pesukim, reading through the Targum, without understanding what you're saying? So here is... No, that's something else. Here is... Um, something very important to speak at. The psukim, for sure you get the mitzvah, because they are inherently Torah, and we know you get the mitzvah of reading Torah, even if you don't understand what he's saying, still the words have, have inherent 
kedusha to them. There is oisius of tayusha bichsav, and 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 um, you are getting the mitzvah. You're fulfilling the takon of chazal when you read those words. What about the targum? Targum unklus. If you just read targum unklus and you don't have any idea what you're saying, these are exotic, interesting sounding words, strange sounding words, and they don't even if you're familiar with the Gemara. Targum of unklus is different than the targum of the Gemara, uh, and and um, if you have no idea what you're saying and you read the targum, are you getting the mitzvah? So here's something very interesting that's going on over here in the Paiskim. The Paiskim are, are all very reluctant to say that you don't get the mitzvah. They will say, the contemporary Paiskim will say, don't do it, don't do it. If that's going to be your Shnai Mikra, don't do it. And they'll say that even by the Psukim, if you're doing Shnai Mikra, just like, just like reading the Psukim and you don't know what you're saying, you're davening it up. They'll say that's not the point of Shnaimikah. That's not what Shnaimikah is. Shnaimikah is there for you to understand the Chumash, for you to understand the Pasik, for you to come into Shul on Shabbos holding together with the Tibor. It's not there for you just to, you know, be mumbling. But yet, yet, they will not say, they stop short of saying, but you don't get the mitzvah, even for Targum. And not only that, they, they, this is a question that for some reason they always, they, they pestered Chaim Kanievsky with this question a lot. They, they kept asking him, what if, if I don't know, I have no idea what I'm saying, and I just read the Targum, I read the Targum, every can see the Pesukim, Targum, Pesukim, Targum, do I get the mitzvah? He said, yeah, you get the mitzvah. He, that's what, it was always his answer, his unflinching answer. His chazal, we're in a second, you have to read it. And you read it. You read it. See, here is, is the caveat, Rabbi Said. This is only going to work with Targum Unklis. Any other commentary, if you don't know what you're saying, it's not going to work, including Rashi. If you just read Rashi's and you don't understand what you what you were saying, then you didn't do anything. That that's not at least with with Unklis, you can say that I I, I read the authentic divine translation that was given Arsina. This is like yeah, half a step outside Tarshabikhsav itself. This is given by Akhodish Baruch Hu. These are the words that Rabbi Hashem gave to Moshe Rabbeinu. And, and I'm fulfilling Chazal Takana by saying the words that Hashem gave to Moshe. Wow. Anything beyond that is not Hashem's words. It's pure Tarshabalf, as Rashi's words. And if I don't understand what I'm saying when I read Rashi's words, I'm not saying anything. If you understand 80%, you get 80% of the mitzvah. You get, yes, you, you get 80% get of the, the mitzvah. But you have 20%, you have to make up, and that 20% is going to come back to haunt you. Erev, oh, no. Erev, uh, you know, Simchas Tayro. So, Erev um, Shemini Yatseris. So yeah, you got you did get eighty percent of the mitzvah. Sure, it's good. Eighty percent is very good. Um, be, be mine. Um, <laughs> but uh, so it's very important to know this, everybody. Say if you're going to do an, a different translation, so again, this is another difference between between um, um, understanding and not understanding. Is the non-understanding is only going to work for targum. For anything else, you really have to understand what you're reading, um, in, including if you're doing Rashi. You really have to understand Rashi. Now there are what? They have Rashi in English these days. The uh, yeah, sure. So if you read in English, there's no difference. If you, you once you're not doing targum, you really right. should go with the translation that you understand the best. Even right. you go with your Russian. If you understand Russian better, read in Russian. Yiddish they had Seinu Reino. Yeah, even the Mishabur already mentioned Seinu Reino. He says he says that you could do instead of Rashi Mishabur Seinu Reino. That was in Yiddish. It was it was a it was a Yiddish a Yiddish um, uh, commentary on Chumash. What's the translation? Well, it's Enu Re'eno. It's a Pasuk and Shia Shiram. It must have been hilarious to um, learn But uh, the Chassidim used to... Se'enu Re'eno is the Chassidish way of pronouncing Se'enu Re'eno. It used to be all the, you know, all the all the Balabastas, all the all the Nashim Sidkanias would, would, would read Se'enu Re'eno after they would sit in the Shabbos Lecht. Friday night they would sit down with the Se'enu Re'eno and they would go through uh, the Se'enu Re'eno and, 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 and Chumash. Uh, so... The, that was in Yiddish. Again, if a person not doing unklis, he should do whatever language he understands best. 
Lemaisa, there are, I, I, I once heard this, not directly, but the shame of Berkowitz. I don't think I ever heard this directly from him. Uh, there are Berkowitz would recommend, at least for, for Bali Tshuva, he would actually recommend them going with the Russian with Tysis and not with the Beis Yosef. Hmm. I think that the Russian, the Tysis say, um, there's, there's an advantage in going with the commentary you understand over Unklis. So in order to let Bali Tshuva make up for lost time and get knowledge of the parishes, get knowledge of the Chumash, he would recommend going with a translation you understand over Targum Unklis, being that there is present the Rishayim that way. And then the Mishabur is a little bit, he does kind of go back and forth as to the Beis Yosef's Pesach, where the Beis Yosef does prefer ultimately Aramaic over as the first, the first, um, you know, first level translation. But I, I, I what they say, B'Shamer of Berkowitz, is for, for very least for Bali Chubi, he would recommend going with the Tais and the Rush that say, go with the translation you're going to understand best. And that would mean Art Scroll, that would mean the Living Torah, that would mean a translation of Rashi. What? Topa. If you Topa, that's right. Any, any translation that you understand, <laughs> that you understand best, he would recommend that. Um, I heard that. That's, that's what I said. They say Beshamer Berkowitz. Okay, so you also heard Beshamer Berkowitz. Good. All right. Okay, so he also heard Beshamer Berkowitz. So, um, so, uh, okay, but, 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 but one more thing that needs to be spoken out is if you're doing it with some other translation, Rabbi Say, that, um, like Rashi, this is really relevant for Rashi. And for most people aren't going to be doing now only Rashi, not Unklis. Um, if someone is reading a translation that is not there on every Pusik, which again, that's only relevant really if you're doing Rashi, because if you take the approach that, that Reverkowitz recommends, recommends to people who are not yet so familiar with, with, with Chumash to do the Pusik twice and then take a translation on the stand, so that translation is going to be there on every single Pusik. The Russian translation, the Yiddish one, or the English one is going to be a concurrent on every Pusik. But Rashi does not, you don't have Rashi on every single Pusik. You don't have Rashi. So what do you do with all the Pesukim that there's no Rashi on? 20%. Or English. Yeah. English. 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 Well, what would Tyson say to do? Tyson says, says, do Rashi over Targum. Hmm. So it's mafurish that, that the Halacha is, you, if, if there's no Rashi, you have to read the Pesuk three times. you got to read the Pesuk three times. Exactly, exactly. I, but you already read twice. You already read twice. What are you being most of the third time? So there's this two dinim. There's two dinim in Shnai Mikra. One is twice the Pasuk and the third time the translation. The other din is to hear the entire, to every, hear every Pasuk four times. There's an interesting idea like this. The fourth, what's the fourth? In Shul. Well, no, when the Shliach Tzibor reads it in Shul. There's an idea of hearing every Pasuk in the Torah four times. Having gone over every Pasuk four times. Twice on my own with the Pasuk itself. A third time with the translation. And the fourth time is when the Balkore reads the Torah in the shul. Why four times? So Chazal tell us that the original Torah is transmitted four, four times. Um, every, that that, uh, that, that um, Moshe, when Moshe gave over the Torah, first he gave it over to, um, he gave it over to Aaron, and then to um, Elazar and Yisamar, and then to the Sanhedrin, and then to Klai Yisrael. So Chazal make a Cheshvin that, that um, it was given over four times, and, and the, the people who taught it over heard it four times before they taught it. There's, there's, there's a Cheshvin that, that um, Chazal's number, the minimum number for re- really getting something 
to penetrate, to try to make a transfer from short-term to long-term memory is four times. That's why the Velt says over, if you look in the Gemaras, you look in the Gemaras, here we have a Gemara there on top, you might just be grabbing the... Uh, standard in every edition of Shas, it's been standardized that Rashi, there's always four lines of Rashi on top of the Gemara. Always. What? Four. Check it out. Every page of Shaz is always four lines of Rashi on top. Really? Four. Yes. Both. But it's, there's always four lines of commentary. Look, check it out. Check it out. Find, find me a page that doesn't have four. Find me a page that has two or three. It's always four. What is the index? It's always four. No, come on. It's Rashi or Toast. Sorry. It's making trouble. <laughs> what? There's always four lines of Perush on top of the Gemara. Don't make trouble. Don't make trouble. There's always four lines of Perush on top of the Gemara, right? Um, now, why do they do that? So that could be for aesthetic reasons, but the Velt says over to be Maram is that this idea you have to you, you have to review it has to be at least four times. You haven't really started to, to review something yet unless you've done it four times. That's when it starts to penetrate. So th- there's these two aspects going on in a Very interesting idea. That uh, to to be holding with the tzibur to be, to get a proficiency in chumash, really but to hear the psukim four times, twice I do the pasuk. The third time I'm doing it is with a commentary, a translation. That's the third time I'm doing the pasuk. The fourth time is in shul. So that's why, if you're doing it, let's say with Rashi and Sev Targum, which really we don't have someone who's telling us to do that because the Beis Yosef says no, do Targum over Rashi. But if you go with Rashi with the Taisus and the Rashi, do Rashi over over, over the Targum. So there's what, even when there's no psukim, you do the pasuk a third time. I, what are you getting with the third time any more than the first two times? Terry says you're not because you already read it twice. You're just doing the th- pasuk a third time, but you're you're fulfilling this other aspect of Shnaimikra, uh, which is to hear everything at least four times, and um, that's why you do the pasuk a third time. But so someone who's doing it with with a running translation, English, Russian, Yiddish, there's going to be translation every single pasuk. So this is not really going to be so relevant. This idea of what do you do when on the pasuk there's no translation. That's only going to be relevant if you're doing Rashi and not Targum, right? Everybody is saying, or, or Ramban. Matzah is doing the Ramban, as opposed to Rashi and Targum. Yeah. So it's looking that there's no Ramban on. So you have to read the Pasuk three times. But again, the second aspect of Shnai Mikra is always to get every Pasuk a minimum four times. And as we said two times ago, again, we'll just wrap up with the same idea. So, 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 Nochamol. If you're going to do it with Targum, really, you can mumble it. You can fulfill the mitzvah by just mumbling your way through Shnai Mikra Echa Targum. You get the mitzvah. You get the mitzvah in a shvacha way, but you get the mitzvah because ultimately you you said all the words that you were supposed to say. If you're going to do it with anything else other than targum, you got to understand what you're reading. You got to understand what you're reading. What's the right way to do things? So the 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 mechaber paskins the best way to do it was with targum, but you should try to supplement targum with the translation you understand, such as Rashi. Reverkwitz recommends for people that are still you know finding their way in in uh, chumash and getting a um, you know exposure and 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 in chumash he recommends going with with the other rishonim that say take a commentary that you understand and and again if someone feels that that makes shneimikra more user friendly and makes it come to life and makes them a process better certainly he has those rishonim to rely upon he has reverkos to rely upon but it has to be a translation that goes pasuk by pasuk by pasuk by pasuk there, there really, there wouldn't be any room for us in halacha to only do Rashi and not Targum, because the Beis Yosef is not telling you to do that, or Brook was not telling you to do that. Everybody understand? And if you would do that, then you have to. There's a lot of psukim you're going to have to do three times, and and as we remember, this is a mitzvah. We as we mentioned two weeks ago, that is one of the rare places where Chazal say, if you do this, you're zayichat to arichas yamim. This is a guarantee for longevity, long life. Gazunta yarin and starkin yarin. 
And like we said last time, I believe the real shot behind that is why is it a school for Yechus Because the only way to do this mitzvah properly is to be organized, to be structured, to have a schedule. And when someone uses his time wisely, which is the only way really to do this mitzvah in a manageable way, so use your time wisely to be organized. Every day I'm doing a certain amount of psukim. When you use your time wisely, Rebbeinu gives you more time. So we should all be zeicha to use our time wisely, our days and our years. And Rebbeinu should give us many, many days and many years of gesund and and health and and muchness. So, Amen. Amen.